Dive into our latest courses designed to enhance your bond with your furry friend. Whether you're a seasoned owner or a new puppy parent, there's something for everyone at dogspeak101.com. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Enroll now and take the first step toward a happier, well-behaved dog. Visit dogspeak101.com to browse our course catalog. Get 10% off all courses through February the 14th. Can no longer be reinforcing for fear of where it may take her. Mm, Yeah, that makes sense. What up, Dog Speak Geeks? Britt's back. Hey, Britt. Hey. No fun fact today. You're welcome. I, I think people missed it, though. I think they want it. I, you know, you kind of just sprung this one on me, so. Look, I, we need to get a recording done, and uh, this is a perfect time. one, and we're good. Well, it's not like I was looking for the last one. It's just, I happen to be scrolling through Instagram. I almost said Instacart. You're on Instagram which I too often. Scan which is not a sponsor of the show. However, if you'd like to be a sponsor <laughs> of the show. I've saved almost 500 hours. And you may have saved hours, but the amount of money that has no, not been saved. I got that we, backwards. We buy more because of Instacart. No, no, no. That's not true. And I had a conversation with somebody about this. I don't impulse buy when I use Instacart because you can see like the price adding up. And you're oh. like, oh, no, I don't really need those artichokes. Like, when am I going to use those? I love artichokes. I do too, but like, it's just, not, it's just not something you do. I just think that, you know, sometimes going to shop is a good thing to do. Nah. Because it, to me, it can be, you know, fun. I could find things that I didn't know I needed. And we're talking grocery shopping. Uh, I guess we're hungry. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> we might be. <laughs> what are we talking about today? We're talking about reinforcements. Okay. And rewards. Awesome. Um, and I really want to kind of, because I think what happens with rewards is a lot of people will think that something is a reward for their dog and it's really not. Okay. Or the basis of why they're doing a certain thing to get a certain thing is motivated not by what they think it's motivated by. I know. None of that. It, that's going to make more sense once we get into it. None of that made any sense. It's going to make more sense when we get into it. Okay. Um, so first we need to talk, though, about kind of what is reinforcement. When you think about reinforcement, what do you think about? Uh, reinforcement is something that solidifies a behavior. All right. That's good. That's good. Um so, reinforcement is the process of encouraging or establishing a belief or pattern of behavior by encouraging or rewarding. All right. Now, if we're looking at science, basically it's a consequence that follows an operant response to increase a behavior. Mm. Right. So, but when you look at reinforcement, any there are a lot of things that can be reinforcing that may not necessarily be rewarding. Mm-hmm. For a dog, um, which I'm not going to get into that because that can that could take us down a rabbit hole, and I know we're on a time limit today. So yeah, because I'm thinking there are probably things we do to reinforce unwanted behavior, but 
what we're doing is also not positive. Yeah. I mean, when you start thinking about it, like when people start thinking about if, like if we get in that conversation about positive reinforcement, negative reinforcement, positive punishment, negative punishment, it can blow people's minds and it gets very confusing. Oh, yeah. I need a chart every time. I yeah. I think that even just from talking reinforcement in general. So sometimes thinking about it more as a consequence, good consequences, bad consequences. There's always a consequence to a behavior. Consequence isn't always negative. But if we're looking at a reward itself, a reward is a thing given in recognition of one's effort or achievement. Um, also, it can it make a gift of something in recognition of their efforts or achievement. Uh, something given in exchange for good behavior or good work. Science-based reward describes an event that produces a pleasant or positive, effective experience. Gotcha. All right. So that's kind of what people think about mostly, you know, okay, reward is something that you give a dog for doing something good. Mm-hmm. But I do think that we reinforce behavior that we don't mean to, not necessarily reward, but I do think we reinforce behaviors that we don't mean to. However, today I really want to focus on what does a reward look like? How do we use a reward? What are rewards for dogs? And what you think is a reward to your dog, is it? Mm. What is one thing that you can think of that you think might be a reward for Isabella, but you're not really sure? Um, I put you on spot on that one. Yeah. Because I, I it, that's a really good question. Um, I, I guess like a field trip. Okay, yeah. So like getting in the car and going somewhere to go sniffy. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that can be a reward for her, unless you go somewhere that's not pleasant. Yeah, but okay, maybe maybe I have this wrong. If it's a reward, are we talking something that? So like, if we're going for a ride to go walk that's not necessarily a reward because she doesn't have a behavior that it's associated with that it's reinforcing so it would be something more like a treat or a pet on the head or good girl or like playing with a toy because it immediately follows an action correct right so when i say field trip that's just a random thing. She may enjoy doing it, but it's not going to reinforce the behavior she's done because of the uh, length of time between her behavior and the re- re- reward happening. So it may not be reinforcing a behavior, but going for a ride can be a reward just for being a good dog. Oh, okay. That's where it's like gets... Okay. Right? You start... That makes sense. Sometimes it can blow your mind. Yeah. Well, we've already talked about the places, you know, we've yeah, we've like gone so, through. Yeah, if you take her for a walk in, in the park, that is rewarding. Mm-hmm. Also, it's reinforcement in a positive way. Whereas if you take her for a walk downtown where there are a bunch of cars and people and dogs, that is not rewarding for her. Correct. Therefore, if you do that on a regular basis... The reinforcement of a car ride can no longer be reinforcing for fear of where it may take her. Mm, yeah, that makes sense. Does it? <laughs> yeah, no, it does. No, it, it does. It's just a defining what reward is. Yeah. And first, that, it, it, before you yep. can differentiate a reward versus a non reward 
first, I think you have to define it. Yeah. So when we think about reward, so again, we're going to talk today about reward. I'm going to kind of, you know, kind of reward and reinforcement are going hand in hand here, but we're going to stick with the reward as describes an event that produces a pleasant or positive effective experience or something given in exchange for good behavior. I mean, that's simple, right? But why do we use rewards or how do we use rewards? You want to use rewards to to let the dog know that that behavior that they just did, whatever it is, is something you would love to see repeated. Mm-hmm. And there are behaviors that are self-rewarding to dogs, such as like sitting or laying down um, or chewing. We'll use chewing. So chewing is a self-rewarding behavior. No one has to tell a dog, good job for chewing. We could never reward that behavior and it would never go away. Mm-hmm. It would never extinguish because it, it chewing is self-rewarding. So with those behaviors, yes, we want to go on and top of that and reward for chewing the appropriate items. But then you have behaviors that are not self-rewarding, like jumping on you. Now, if they're jumping on you, motivated by wanting to see you or kiss you in the face, then you have that control of that reward. Mm-hmm. If jumping is self-rewarding, I've seen dogs just bounce up and down and they're not actually touching a human. That's obviously something they enjoy doing. We may want to look and see why is the dog doing that? Has the dog got too much energy? Um, you know, does the does the dog enjoy doing things like agility? <laughs> is there enrichment? That is there have? enrichment? Exactly. So it's like, you know, but when we're talking about like not self-rewarding behavior, a non-self-rewarding behavior like jumping, we want to make sure that we're not rewarding it with something that the dog wants. And sometimes that reward or reinforcement can be just looking at the dog. Mm-hmm. Just eye contact can be enough reinforcement to get the behavior to continue. Okay. Now. Nick, Nikki's probably seeing me right now. Like yeah, wheels. So there's probably steam coming out of my ears. Well, you're thinking about some, you're thinking about certain things probably. Yeah. Right. That you're, and that's what, I, that's why I like having you when we talk about these things, because you come up with some really good questions. Um, and you really start thinking of it from a, you know, a, mm-hmm. a dog owner's perspective. Where if I had Amanda, or Gray, or Alicia, we know what rewards are, and there's no real, there wouldn't be a whole lot of conversation about it, right? So, um, so when we're talking about how to use, so basically, you use a reward to communicate to your dog that you would like to see behavior repeated, um, in order to have it on cue or as an appropriate offered behavior, right? So I may not name uh, my dog putting their paw on my leg, but if I like it, I can acknowledge it and it will become a regular behavior the dog uses to get something. Mm -hmm. So, but again, I don't have to maybe reward it with food, just giving attention can be enough. Now, how to use it, you want to always try to use it during the desired behavior um, or immediately after, Now, you hear a lot of times about primary reinforcer and secondary reinforcer. So Uh, I've literally never heard those terms in my life. Seriously? Yeah. All right. (laughs) You're just like, so I know everyone's heard about like. Well, I guess because. No. When we're talking like operant conditioning and clicker training and all those, you you hear them talk a lot about primary and secondary reinforcers. So I hope you can understand what primary reinforcer is something that has an innate reinforcing quality, water, food, shelter, sleep. Those are primary reinforcers. 
Survival. Survival. Yeah. Okay. Think about that. Secondary reinforcer has no inherent value and only has reinforcing qualities when linked with a primary reinforcer. Okay. Okay. So, um, so when you're thinking something like, um, you're a good boy doesn't mean shit to a dog until you add it to a primary reinforcer. Okay. And that primary reinforcer is going to be based on your dog's need, desires, wants. Most of the time, food is going to be a top one because mm-hmm. food is, is survival. You have to have it, right, to survive. But not all dogs see all levels of food as the same level of reward. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of where I want to get into is, is talk about what we think may be rewarding to the dog is not necessarily rewarding to the dog. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that pops in my mind, well, actually, it's real quick. Let's talk about just some things that can be rewarding. Okay. Obviously, food, play with a toy, right? So a, a toy, you can have that kind of interaction of play, affection, comfort, right? Getting on the furniture, uh, adventure, mm-hmm. going for a hike, going for a car ride, um, any type of enrichment items, sniffaries, um, rest and sleep, sleep definitely can be rewarding. I mean, those are rewards for me. Exactly, right? <clears throat> also, like movement, though, can be rewarding. Mm. And sometimes that's movement away from something that's scary. Okay. If I have something that's scary to a dog, they bark at that and I move them away. I'm re- I am reinforcing the bark by removing the dog and rewarding him for barking to go away from an eye, from from that scary thing. Okay. Now, <laughs> I know you're like, Did my eyes just gloss over? Just a little bit. Okay. All right. Okay. Just bear with me. Another one that kind of pops in where people think that the dog's being rewarded and it's it's not being rewarded by the motivation that they think the dog's being motivated by. <laughs> I, we should probably be drinking during this episode. <laughs> All right, look. I know. I'm like, we're doing like these, we're trying to be healthy. We've got these low calorie, like, zero, sugar zero sugar energy drinks, natural which is not kicked in yet. Drinks. All right. People tell me all the time, my dog loves to play fetch. Mm-hmm. All right. And I ask them, when your dog gets the ball, does he bring it back and drop it for you to throw again? The answer is yes then the dog probably does really enjoy the game of chasing after the ball and getting it. Mm-hmm. However, if your dog goes and gets the ball, does not bring it back and drop it, but carries it around and chews on it, then the dog doesn't really care about fetch. He's only running after the ball in order to receive the real reward, which is carrying the ball and chewing on it. Mm-hmm. And that's where we, I think people need to start to understand what's really rewarding to the dog in this scenario. Yeah. Is it chasing the ball or is it actually having the ball and obtaining the ball? Well, if they're not bringing it back, then they're trying to communicate to you that, no, I'd rather just have the ball. Mm -hmm. It's not, I'm only going to chase it because that's the way to get it. Mm -hmm. So it looks like it's reinforcing to me, but it's getting the ball. That's the reinforcement of the chase. Okay. But my motivation is to just obtain the ball. That makes sense. Right? So when we think about that, we need to think about what else are we trying to to give our dog as a reward that's not really rewarding. Right? So it, when we have something like, 
let's go with petting because so I many was people use say petting. Petting. Yeah, yeah, because a lot of people think my dog loves to be petted. They love the belly rubs. And that is true for a lot of dogs. Now, there are some dogs that absolutely do not see touch as a reward. Mm-hmm. Just like there are some people that do not see touch as a reward. I personally love touch. It's my love language. We all know at this point, more than likely, everybody knows Amanda is not a toucher. <laughs> She's not a hugger. It is not rewarding nope. to hug. However, if I gave her a hundred bucks every time she hugged me, she'd probably become more of a hugger with me, not with everyone else. Amanda, you like how we're talking about you on here? Because I know you're sitting there listening. But that that doesn't necessarily mean that she enjoys it exactly. just because you're giving her $100. Exactly. But she's doing it because she enjoys the $100. Which is the actual reward. Exactly. Right? So going back to that ball thing. Okay. She hugs me. She doesn't really enjoy that. But she's doing it. She's motivated to hug me, not because she wants to, but because she's getting that $100. <laughs> <laughs> and if you give me a side hug, Amanda, you're only getting $50. Just saying. Got to be a full-on hug for 100 bucks. <laughs> Front hugs only. Front hugs only. But, it's, but, it, but if you think about that, though, right, that's – and I kind of think go back to think about when as kids – I don't know if we were ever made to hug people by, but I've, I'm a hugger. But no, if you think about it, there might be some kids that are forced we to hug. Do, are they doing it? Because they enjoy it or they doing it because they know if, as soon as they do it, they get to leave. Mm-hmm. And they want to get away from aunt, uncle, grandma, grandpa. Right. Or they hug in front of the, uh, you know, they hug their mom in front of the school. They're not actually enjoying the hug, but they're doing it knowing that as soon as they hug, they can then run in and go to school yeah. and go in with their friends. Yeah. All right. So it's, it's like trying to figure out, well, just because a dog's doing something, why? What's the motivation behind it? And, and, it, and it's... Again, I had a client who had a dog who walked perfectly next to her, and it looked beautiful. Mm-hmm. And it, they, she was rewarding with treats. Great. But then I started really watching, and the dog's motivation for walking right next to her was because the dog was too fearful to get away, to go away from her. She was, she was a Velcro dog, so she was too afraid to venture out. So we stopped rewarding being right there and started rewarding Whenever the dog ventured out. But we had to find something that's really highly rewarding, yeah. more rewarding than having feeling that safety right next to mom. Mm-hmm. And in those moments, sometimes there are other things we have to do in order to make that rewarding. Gotcha. Or to make being at mom's side less rewarding. Okay. So, okay. But, but with touch, so many people will say, my dog loves belly rubs. Well, what do you do to show them they're being a good dog? Well, I tell them, good boy, and I pet them. Okay, well, that's great in the home. But out in public or out in front of other dogs or other things that might be more interesting, that's not going to be it. So think about it. Isabella's gotten more lovey. Mm-hmm. Right? So oh, she, she's becoming Velcro. It's, it's becoming obnoxious to where I sit down and she's like, pet me, pet me, pet me. And she enjoys it here. Mm-hmm. But imagine taking her out in the woods and petting her for not chasing a squirrel. How rewarding do you think that pet is? Is now. Yeah, I... That pet is now. There's nothing. I can't... I'm, I don't have anything more rewarding. So the other day, I just let her chase the squirrel. That a girl. Good. Oh, what did your dog eat? Is he got gas? Oh, my. 
Oh, he's not feeling good. Lord have mercy. He's awfully cute, though. Okay. I mean, so let's let's put let's take a one to five scale, and I think that might be the easiest way to explain. And let's say that petting at home while watching TV is a five Mm -hmm. to a dog, and then you take them out. And you're taking them out in the woods or in public, and there are other dogs, there are squirrels, there are things to see. That pet has no longer, that petting is no longer a five mm-hmm. because there are more rewarding things in the environment. When the environment changes, it can change how rewarding your reward is. I would say petting in that instance is going to be a one. Yeah. All right. Especially if your dog loves belly rubs, how comfortable are they going to be to flop over in the middle of a sidewalk downtown? to get a belly rub when they can get it in the safety of their home and the comfort of their home instead of being vulnerable out on the streets. Which goes back to your primary and secondary, the reward associated with home or shelter is different. Okay. All right. right, I'm following. Yeah, you're getting there, right? I'm following. You're good because everybody else is like counting on, all the listeners are counting on you. (laughs) There's so much pressure. They're counting on you to, to keep up with this. Because I knew this was just going to be one of those things we just had to talk through it. I mean, I didn't want to just come in here and be like, you know, boom, boom, boom. Mm-hmm. I really want to talk through it to get people to start thinking. Because I think that's what, what gets really interesting when you start thinking about rewards. Um, you know, if your dog loves to fetch, let's say they actually enjoy fetching. They actually enjoy chasing the ball. And you do that in the backyard all the time. And that's a four or five at home. And then you take them to the dog park and try to play fetch. Well, at that point, fetch may only be a two because playing with the dogs is now four or five. Mm-hmm. And so that's going to outweigh the fetch, especially because they get the fetch all the time at home. If you overuse a reward, you are slowly going to lose the value even in the easier environments. That's why you have to get very creative and and know that your dog is going to change as they grow and mature. They're going to change. Yeah. Petting wasn't even a reward for Isabella when she was one, two years old. No, absolutely not. She was like, all right, I'll take it. So I'll take it as a one. That's sweet. Thanks. <laughs> right. <laughs> but she was more about, let me just give you kisses. Yeah. But now at home, it's probably a four or five, mm-hmm. but out in public maybe a two or a three, but there's, but if we say, okay, well that rewards a two or three, well then there's something else in the environment. It's got to be a four or five. Mm-hmm. I think there's always a one to five or a zero to five reward system everywhere you go. And I think it's important if you sit down and go, okay, let me name all the fives that my dog has as a reward, but you would start that in the home. Right. And then you would need to look at other environments and say, okay, is this still a five? So if I'm giving a beef heart treat at home and it's a five and then I want to take it and uh, have my dog sit and watch 14 dogs play, that beef heart's probably no longer going to be a five. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, will my dog still take it? Absolutely. I think so. But at that point, it's gone down two or three because there are other things in that environment that would be a five. And that would be playing with the dogs. Okay. Now, if I overuse that beef heart at home, then even at home, it's going to drop from a five to a two or three. 
this is why variety is so important and making sure that you get creative with those rewards yeah, based on your environment. And anytime you get into a new environment, you need to find four and five rewards. Something that's going to be more than playing with the dogs or chasing the squirrel, right? Or you, you start out saying, okay, the squirrel is more rewarding, but only at a, at a distance of 10 yards. But if I go 15 yards, now my food reward is higher than the squirrel. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's, again, going to be different with every dog. There's no black and white here. It's, it's, there's a lot of gray because every dog is going to be very different. Every environment's going to be different. Yeah. It's like uh, with her, I can go get some chicken nuggies and use those in public. And she's usually, they're about a four. Because she never gets them at home, though. Right. Right. And that's that makes the difference. Yeah, I'm I'm sitting here over here pondering. <laughs> You're like, what? I see. What are her rewards? So, I mean, I think about dogs that like to dig. Mm-hmm. All right. So, if if I have a dog who's digging, and I call them to me, let's say I even use my emergency touch command that mm-hmm. is 100 percent rewarded. That dog may or may not come to me based on what level of reward digging is. How reinforcing is digging? Well, to a terrier, that's probably going to be a five. Yeah. The guaranteed food reward is probably not going to be that rewarding to a dog. And I say all this to help people understand that when your dog doesn't do something for you because they're engaged in another activity, you have to ask yourself, what's more rewarding or more reinforcing for the dog? Is my dog just really being stubborn? No, it's typically, the dog's not typically just giving their middle finger. They're living their life going, what are the reinforcements here? What are the rewards here? They don't, they're not going to come and be obedient just to be obedient. Right. There's, there's got to be a reinforcement everywhere. I mean, our lives, there's reinforcement. There's reinforcement for drinking this zero sugar energy drink. The reward of that is I'm going to have energy. My brain's going to work clearer and better. We, right? We, we think so. If I didn't have a reinforcement for drinking this, I wouldn't drink it. Because no one's going to waste energy doing something that's not reinforcing or rewarding. So you need to think about what is rewarding to your dog. For my guy, when I, if I had to think about maybe the top three, we'll say at home rewards. Mm-hmm. He loves food. He, he does like his food. He likes his treats. Oh, yeah. He also loves tug. Loves tug. Mm-hmm. He also loves destroying toys and pulling them apart. That is kind of his jam. It's totally his jam. So for me, I have to go, okay, if I give him a treat for not chewing on the toy, am I really going to fix that part of chewing the toy? No, I'm not because that chewing of the toy is going to be more reinforcing than the food because he gets food a lot more than he gets a chance to tear up a toy. Mm -hmm. Well, not in our house. He's getting a tear up a toy every day. So my job is to say, okay, my, my job is not to stop the tearing up the toy. My job is to find things that he can tear up. Um, and we've allowed him to tear the toys that we've given him. I need to, to probably find some ways to give him that enrichment to destroy things to get to food so you can combine those two things. But the question is this. If there's food inside of a box, 
What's more reinforcing? Tearing the box or the food? I don't know. Just sounds like overall enrichment to me. It is enrichment, yes. I mean, he's getting everything It is enrichment, but what's the motivation behind tearing up the box? Is it to have the satisfaction of dissection, or is it about the food? Mm -hmm. For my guy, I think the tearing up would be more rewarding. The food's the bonus. But not every dog. food. Exactly, right? So not every dog sees it as highly rewarding. Yeah. Okay. So... I think that people get stuck in a box. They're only thinking about, well, I can use a toy or I can use treats. Or, you know, but but you got to find there are so many other ways that you can give reinforcement. But you have to know your dog and understand what is rewarding to this dog. What's the motivation behind this dog doing this behavior? Right? Can I make it more re- rewarding than just the fact that he's tearing it up and de-stuffing something? I don't know. I got to figure that out. But you have to kind of play it. And just because he loves beef hearts doesn't mean she's going to love beef hearts. Doesn't mean that every dog I work with is going to love beef hearts. Mm-hmm. Um, some dogs don't like that rich or that gamey taste, right? Some dogs like more carbs. Don't recommend a t- bunch of carbs. As y'all know, we, we've had that conversation on here before. Dogs don't even have the saliva to start breaking down those carbs, which is why there's a lot of plaque on their teeth. But it's, I, I encourage you for the, my whole purpose of this episode was to encourage you to really start thinking deeper about what your dog wants, what your dog likes, what's their motivation for doing some of the things they're doing. And I think about this a lot with our group classes because people will bring their favorite, their dog's favorite treats or their kibble and expect the dog to work in that environment for their favorite treat from home or their kibble Mm -hmm. that they typically get for free twice a day. Yeah. Using kibble at home to reward is phenomenal. Save those high value treats for out and about. But when you come to a group class or you're trying to do some work in public, kibble's not going to cut it. Just your verbal's not going to cut it. Just your petting's not going to cut it. You've got to find something that goes above and beyond what's in your environment. You have to be more rewarding than what's in the environment. But this can go, this isn't just for behavior that's, that is positive or behavior that we want to see. Sometimes we have to use what is rewarding to the dog in order to keep that scary thing away. Mm. All right. So if I bark and the thing moves away, then what's rewarding in that point? What's, what's being reinforced? The barking. The bark. All right. If, um, if I have a dog in public and they're pulling me towards the dog park and I allow them to continue pulling to see the dogs, I highly reinforce pulling because the, the fact that they got to see the dog, that reward of seeing the dog, that's a pretty high reward for a lot of dogs. Mm-hmm. To get into the dog park. I see it all the time. People getting pulled into the dog park. Yeah. Then they gripe that their dog won't walk nicely with them. Well, you just gave them one of the biggest rewards to reinforce Mm -hmm. the pulling. This is why I say don't even let your dog pull to the water bowl. Don't let them pull to see another dog unless you're giving them permission to do so. Then you can let them know it's okay to now 
launch ourselves to what we want. <laughs> right? Okay. So, again, it's just thinking about, are we reinforcing behavior that we don't want? Like pulling. People reinforce pulling all the time. Yeah. They're standing, I don't know how many times I watch people stand there with their dog talking to a human, and the dog is pulling to see something, and they just kind of nonchalantly move with the dog while the dog's pulling, mm-hmm. while they're still talking, because they're not paying attention. And then they gripe that the dog's pulling on the next walk, and they get mad at the dog, and next thing you know, they're putting a choke chain, prong collar, e-collar. They're punishing the dog, even though they've already reinforced the pulling in the past. That makes sense. We just have to be more aware of what we're reinforcing yeah. and rewarding. And then a lot of times when dogs are doing behavior we don't like, why? Why are they doing it? It's got to be re- it's reinforced from somewhere. If a behavior continues, it's being reinforced. Whether it's a primary or a secondary, something's being reinforced. Mm-hmm. We have to be more aware. It's not as simple as just saying, good boy, here's a treat. Yeah. It's all these little things that we do. I'm sitting over here, like, going through my list of things. Of what, like, her rewards are? Or things that I'm reinforcing that might be unwanted behaviors. All right. Think of, give us one that you're thinking of. I, I'm struggling. Struggling. Uh, and that's what I want. I want this to make people start thinking. Because I think we can do a better job. At eliminating behavior we don't want, but we can also do a better job at teaching behavior that we like, no matter how small and tiny it is. So, so Isabella does not jump on me. No, she doesn't. She doesn't jump on you. No. But she jumps on every other person. Yes. Because they reward her. (sighs) And even if, because she's getting rewarded one out of two, one out of three people. She's getting rewarded. Gotcha. And if it's a reward, if, if it's a reward of one out of four people, so she's getting rewarded 25% of the time when she jumps on this person. But here's the thing, that one person that she's jumping on rewards them three out of the four times. So she's getting her 75% reward 25% of the time when she jumps. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't do numbers either, but I was impressed with myself on that one. I didn't even go back to calculate to see if that was right, but it felt it's right. right. It felt I, right. I stuck with something simple. Yeah. Four quarters make a dollar. You at least had the confidence. <laughs> I stuck I with something, you. right? I stuck with something simple. Uh, I didn't go in the whole 33.3% oh, thing, no. But But think about that, though. It's, it's like I feel like I need to write a, a report now, like an essay. Uh, on, on what's like, being like reinforced? Whole, like a whole like journal. Or what journaling is good. Writing these things Maybe down are, are very this. good. A lot of my clients are doing journals now because it helps us to find patterns. Mm-hmm. And that's important. So it's so in order to help her understand that jumping doesn't work on anybody, she has to get 0% reinforcement 0% of the time. Which means that with you, what you need to be doing is directing her and giving her specific things to do in those moments. Because we know in those moments she's going to go jump and try to see if this is one of those 25%. And if it's one of the 75% of the 25%, mm-hmm. right? So she's going to try that. So what we have to do is kind of, instead of giving her that choice, because that's what she's going to go to, let's find something that we can direct her to do that's going to be 100% rewarding 100% of the time. 
which is going to be a greater uh, return on investment than petting from a stranger if we have something that's more rewarding than the petting of the stranger. Or not a stranger, but petting by a friend, guest in the house. Yeah, I was going to say, strangers aren't really her thing. Right. So if we're talking about granny tea, and she loves granny tea, we have to say, okay, you're going to get 0% reward with granny tea. Or if you are getting 25% reward with granny tea, if you're only getting rewarded by by granny tea, 25% of the time when she walks in this door, Mm -hmm. well, I've got better odds for you. If you go lay on your bed... There's a 75%, you're going to get a 75% reward. So you're going to get rewarded 75% of the time, which is a greater reward than the 25%. But I also have to have something. I was going to say. That's higher than saying hi to Granny T. What the hell do we have that's more rewarding than my mom? She loves bully sticks. She loves, um, you can use those chicken nuggies. You can use other items. You can use things that she doesn't get on a regular basis. Not like the treats we keep around the house mm-hmm. that we give randomly. But gotcha. something that she doesn't get on the regular. So what I'm hearing is I have to have more jars of treats around the house? Uh, that and you have to have more direction. Okay. So, right, so there are times that she needs that direction. So like when I had him at, um, the, at Petco the other day, I was working on his... Barking in public and barking at things. He likes to bark and then investigate. And I'm trying mm-hmm. to teach him to investigate and then bark. Um, but he's he <laughs> wants to bark and then investigate. So what I've started doing is when he barks, I put him on place. Now, can he still bark at place? Absolutely. But by just having him move, if he was he was looking at a dog barking, I grabbed a I grabbed a mat off the shelf, mm-hmm. threw it on the ground, said place. He immediately went to it. He still was barking a little, but it took his eyes off that other dog, which meant that that arousal level came down, and I rewarded him for place, because he knows he gets rewarded pretty highly for place. Right. So I use that to say, look, barking at dog is not going to get you anywhere, but here, let me direct you and show you there's a more reward doing this with my hopes that he'll start seeing dogs looking at me like, where's my place? And eventually just And eventually, yeah, because it's not rewarding there. These are the other things that are rewarding. Right. Because you're reinforcing that. Okay. Okay. It's starting to... Starting to click a little bit. Yeah. That's... You would think that it's like, oh, we're going to talk about rewards today. Like, that would be easy. Right. And... But no, It could be, but I don't want to make it easy because I want people (laughs) to start thinking. But now my brain hurts a little. I just think that if people will start thinking more about their reinforcements... They will have a greater ability to help their dog learn. You know, I get a lot of people say, my dog's not real bright, not real smart, you know, kind of not the dullest knife in the in the drawer. No, a lot of times it's because we're not communicating clearly. We're inconsistent as human beings, but also we're not finding the right motivation mm-hmm. or we're not understanding the dog's motivation. We're not understanding what's more rewarding and what's not. Um, and, and I think that's going to be individual. It's going to be different for your dog versus my dog. I don't care if you have four dogs in the house. You've got to look at them all as individuals. Yeah. And what is their motivating factor for doing something or for getting something? And what does that look like? Mm-hmm. You know, I recommend you guys sit down and scale, you know, write down all the things your dog enjoys and then put a number beside it, one through five of its how rewarding it is in home. And then if you have to test it, take your number five Go to the front yard, then go down the street, then get in the car, then go 
to a parking lot, go to a park, and then see, is that still a five or does it drop off? Yeah. Is your brain hurting? It hurts. I don't have enough good, like, high-value rewards for my dog. And you're you're like most everyone. You get stuck in a box. And I got lazy. Well, it's because it's what's working. But at some point, it's going to stop working. Yeah. Just like there's a reason why people get raises in their job. Oh, that's a good that's a good way to think about right? it. Okay, no, that... Okay, good. All right, I got it. Okay. Y'all, the light bulb just went off in the brain right there. You're like, oh, okay. Yeah. You have to have a raise because that value that you've got, that only goes so far for so long. And then you have to, you have to learn. Just like, but also look at... What was rewarding to you two years ago may not be rewarding to you now. Mm-hmm. Or like I'm thinking of the scene in Christmas Vacation where Clark doesn't get his bonus. <laughs> like he's love ex- that damn movie. He's expecting that reward and it doesn't come. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And okay. so in that moment, the whenever whenever uh, cousin Eddie brings his boss to the house and he gets to rant and rave and tell him off. That was his, that was his reward in that moment to mm-hmm. make that boss feel like he felt. And we do that a lot. If you think about it, humanize. If I'm feeling bad, I might yell at you because I want you to feel bad so that I'm not alone. Mm-hmm. And so me yelling at you, if that makes you feel bad, then you rewarded my yelling because you gave me what I wanted. You don't do that. You just walk away. You don't reward any of my yelling. You don't reinforce me for any type of conflict, which is why we don't have conflict. (laughs) Because it doesn't get me anywhere, which has helped me actually be a better person. Um, I actually hate conflict now. I used to enjoy it. Um, I used to not shy away from it. I still won't shy away from it, but... Well, you used to want to fight just to fight. That's because for me, that was the way that I... I don't do that. That's the way I got... I think that was the only way back in my past relationships, the only way that I was guaranteed to at least have some love on the backside of it. In in the form of uh, making acknowledgement? Up. Well, making up. I'm saying I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Right. And then you okay. feel a little bit closer for like a day. Right. And then you start to um, move apart. So you do a fight and then you make up and you feel close for a day or two. Do you see how it it just it it's weird, right? I'm not fighting because I want to fight. My motivation of fighting is to have that make up, yeah, so that you love that you present that love again. Gotcha. And I'm not like that anymore. But matter of fact, I just that just came to me right there. <laughs> that that's probably exactly what happened. It Welcome was, to therapy, right? Um, but I mean, truly, we just have to think about that. Anything your dog is doing, it's it's reinforcing whether it's primary or secondary there's a reinforcement there you need to find out what that reinforcement is and then you need to find out if you're okay with it or if you need to find something that's more reinforcing to not do a certain behavior or an outlet to do a behavior like digging Mm -hmm. all right build a sandbox don't take away your dog's opportunity to dig or ability to dig just give them a place to do it mm-hmm. and make it more rewarding, right? So digging, if you dig in my yard, there's a 10% chance you're going to get a mole, okay? Dig in my yard, 10% chance you'll get a mole. 
dig in my sandbox, there's a 100% chance you're going to find a bone. Okay. So when I talk about housebreaking, pee in the house, your reward is relief. Pee outside, the dog's reward is relief. Well, how do we make it more rewarding to pee outside? You not only get relief for peeing outside, but you also get a food reward. We make it more rewarding to potty outside. Totally makes sense. Yep. Sitting alone is great, but sitting alone with um, a beef heart or beef long treat, that's a better sit. Yeah. Hanging out, hanging out by yourself with a topple. Yeah. Much better than being all alone. Right. Even though that being alone might be what they need in that rest in that moment. Oh, that's true too. But if there's something that's more rewarding outside the door, mm-hmm. right? We have company. Isabella's in her room by herself. Rest is good. It can be rewarding, but more rewarding would be to be out with the people. Well, so how do we make being in the room good? We give a reward on top of that mm-hmm. that she only gets in there. So therefore, being in the room is more rewarding now because of the topple than being out with the people. Is that going to work in every situation? No. If Granny T was here, probably not. No, she would tear my door down. Exactly. So it's, again, you have to think about it. Is the topple rewarding? Yes. How rewarding? Based on environment. Based on your environmental cues, based on your situation, based on the scenario, and based on the dog. Just wish my dog could speak one day. Oh, wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't that be nice? I don't know. I don't think I'd want mine. Actually, no. Maybe nah, I don't. I don't think I want that. So I hope that this has made you just kind of start thinking a little bit about what rewards look like, what reinforcement looks like, and, and what your dog finds reinforcing, and what can you do to help your dog. And just know that petting, majority of the dogs for petting, yes, it's a reward, but it's more rewarding for the people. Um. And also, if you're going to use petting as a reward, make sure that you're petting the dog where they enjoy it. Mm, Yeah. Don't pet the dog where they don't enjoy it. Or don't pet them when they don't want to be petted on. Especially if they're in pain, discomfort. Right? They're sleeping. They're sleeping. Leave them alone. Right? So, again, just I hope this has got you thinking a little bit. Are you you now thinking more about what you can do with (sighs) Isabella? Yeah. And now I'm kind of exhausted. Sorry. Drink drink your juice, Shelby. <laughs> drink your juice. Um, all right. I, that, I think that's I think we've given everybody a headache enough for that one so they can really start thinking about that. If you guys have any questions, if you need any help, assistance, just reach out to us. If you have any ideas for a podcast episode, let us know. We have some exciting things coming up in 2023, and we also have a contest coming up for December. And we have a just a box of good goodies to give away. Oh, Y'all, we have so much stuff to give away. We need to give things away. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know how we're going to do it yet. I don't know what this contest is going to look like, but we're going to be giving things away. We're going to figure Period. it out. Period. I don't know. Period, boo. Um, we love you guys. We appreciate you. Uh, maybe Britt will come back with a fun fact next time, um, hopefully better than Amanda's fun fact. <laughs> I'm still mad at her over I that. I don't think anyone can beat that. Still, I'm still mad at her. Maybe I'd give her $100 to not hug me after that comment that she made on that. Mm-hmm. All right. We love you guys. We appreciate you. Hope you have a great rest of the week.